Welcome to Soul Sessions with Creative Mind with Deborah Burnt Maldonado and Dr. Rob Maldonado of Creative Mind. Join us each week for an inspiring conversation about personal development based on Jungian philosophy, Eastern spirituality, and social neuroscience. Spend each week with us to explore deep topics in a practical way. Let's begin. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Soul Sessions. I'm Deborah Burt Maldonado with Creative Mind, and I'm here with Dr. Robert Maldonado. Nice to be here. And we are continuing our series on spiritual psychology, talking about the four human pursuits, the parushatas. <laughs> I, said it right. I think you're getting worse. Huh? I don't know. Parushatas. <laughs> and um, I. <laughs> wanted to say if you love our show and would like to hear more and make sure you don't miss an episode please push the button below on this button here on youtube and it says subscribe or if you're listening to us on one of the podcast services like itunes or spotify click subscribe and make sure you don't miss another episode and me mispronouncing sanskrit terms <laughs> <laughs> so it's a uh, two words purusha and arthas so purusharthas mm, purusharthas close enough i know we'll this, go with that okay listen to rob he has the right pronunciation so today we're going to talk about everyone's favorite topic which is the topic of pleasure seeking kama and yes. not to infuse a karma it's kama k-a-m-a -A. and right. you probably heard us or someone talk about kama sutra which it, that's where that comes from. Yeah, so the ice cream, what was it? Uh, Caramel Sutra. Caramel Sutra. <laughs> um, yeah, so the pursuit of pleasure. Um, and, and again, we're approaching this from a spiritual psychology perspective. Mm. Uh, the great author, uh, Houston Smith, says, if you look at uh, these enduring religions from around the world and you, um, you kind of look at them at their best, when we distill their knowledge, we find this wisdom that has persisted for thousands of years, and then, and humans have used that wisdom to live their lives. So these pursuits that we're talking about, uh, in a philosophical sense, they were meant to guide us, to give us a way to continue these pursuits, definitely to, to pursue them, but in a spiritual way, in a proper way, in a way that benefited not only us individually, but society as a whole. Well, if you think about it, why would God give us this body that seeks pleasure, that has all these uh, tendencies uh, not to enjoy it, you know, mm -hmm. not to have um, sexual pleasure, uh, emotional pleasure, uh, the connectivity we have with others, all those things. So when we think about pleasure, let's just clarify pleasure is health uh, being able to feel good in our bodies not feel stressed uh, breathe easy uh, be able to r walk and run and uh, do activities that we'd like to do so that's part of pleasure absolutely uh, when we're not in health we we suffer yes uh, but it also means the enjoyment of beauty mm. uh, in each other in nature in music, the arts, uh, aesthetics, mm. which means how do we construct a beautiful world around mm. us, around us, and um, as well as movies and um, theater, mm. 
all those are enjoyable activities to us humans. And of course, food. Who doesn't enjoy food? <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> no, I love food and dance, like to dance and move your body and listening to music. And we all enjoy these things of life. If you took all that away, um, it, it's really scary. I know during the pandemic when it first happened, a lot of people couldn't socialize. Mm. We couldn't do these things that we needed to do. So we've had to find a way to have pleasure in our lives if we the normal things that would give us pleasure the activities that provided us to be around other human beings were taken away and restricted so how do we how do we cultivate pleasure in our lives and also i think even though spirituality it reading spiritual texts for me gives me pleasure mm -hmm. like a you feel this sense of calm or peace when you're reading uh, spiritual texts so yeah and uh, it's it's beautiful that this philosophy includes this pursuit as a natural and important part of our human experience mm -hmm. that it should be thought of it should be cultivated it should be understood as an art not just oh by the way we're you know uh, uh, as an afterthought we're going to enjoy our lives no we should put some thought in it into it and it should be part of the bigger system mm. so we talked about dharma which is finding your higher purpose and and pursuing that as a spiritual practice but also thinking about material success to supplement uh, to to kind of support that higher purpose because mm. if you don't have the the money and the success to carry out your higher purpose it's not going to go anywhere essentially so now we add uh, kama, which is pleasure, to the mix. And we start to get a sense that it's talking about a complete life. A complete life that includes someone, someone who is actively working on their higher purpose. Uh, they have the material success in order to make their dreams come true. And they're also enjoying it. There's, there's an enjoyment, a joy that mm -hmm. comes from living this way when i first started uh when i worked in the marketing field back in the day dot com startups uh we hired a <laughs> pr firm and they had a t-shirt that said if we're not having fun something's wrong and that was their motto for their company that even though you're working in a job and you're even though you're pursuing spiritual enlightenment even though you're pursuing your purpose we should also enjoy it. <laughs> it. It shouldn't be so serious. And I think sometimes spiritual pursuits, I know for myself, it's, it seems so serious. We have to be serious. We're spiritual people. We cannot be fun. And so to add that fun and enjoyment into the things that we do to bring us to our higher knowledge and higher principles, I think is very, very important. And the whole idea of sex being a sin or it's bad to have sex. Sex is a sacred experience. That's right. Well, it can be if you're, you know, living the Dharma and all the other elements are in place. Yeah. So before we get to uh, to the point to the part of how do we do this, uh, there there is that uh, kind of spiritual sense that some of these things are sinful, mm. just like with the money uh, that money is the root of all evil. There's this idea that sensuality, enjoying your mind, body in the world, is somehow anti-spiritual. 
so it comes again from uh, monastic traditions. The monastic traditions said, leave the world behind. Mm. Go to the, the nunnery, the world, right? become a monk, become a nun, focus on your spiritual path and forget about the world. Nothing wrong with that if that is your dharma, if that is your path. But most of us are householders, meaning we're in the world. We're going to continue to live in the world. Can we not be spiritual? Can we not practice these higher uh, processes of individuation, becoming our true self, of experiencing our true awareness and our consciousness, and still participate in the world in a meaningful and joyful way? So that's what this philosophy is talking about. That you do not have to renounce the world completely and reject your body and its experiences in the world. Now, it does require discipline, of course. Mm -hmm. And that's where uh, this higher knowledge comes in. That if you understand your ability and your, your purpose in enjoying the world, uh, which is tied to dharma, your spiritual sacred work, as well as to abundance, artha, then you start to see that it's connection to mm -hmm. everything. Because the if you're happy doing your work and you enjoy doing your work, you're more likely to succeed and you're mm -hmm. more likely to do it. And then you can dedicate that success to your higher purpose. And also other people will be inspired by you instead of seeing you miserable and working in some place you don't love and struggling, it's not very inspiring. And then it makes people feel, and we've all had parents or grandparents that worked really hard and that just like almost like we weren't uh, supposed to enjoy life. We have to work hard and, you know, maybe on the weekends you can enjoy it yourself a little bit. And uh, so, um, but the other side of that is people that just pursue pleasure, which leads to addiction. People that overeat, people that overdrink, people that oversex. You know, I need to just be in pleasure all the time and avoid discomfort. And that that also, you know, it's having that pleasure in the right context to be sacred. That's right. So we come again to the gunas, mm -hmm. and gunas uh, are simply the qualities of nature, the qualities inherent in nature. Uh, you mentioned addiction. Thomas is the mindset or the attitude, the quality of addiction in approaching pleasure or pleasurable situations. So the tamic or tamic, ta, tamas in the mind or the quality of Thomas in the mind approaches pleasure as something to abuse, right? That if this is pleasurable, I, ha I need more. And it's going to give me pleasure, and therefore I'm dependent on it, which is addiction, right? It's almost like a sad kind of pleasure, you yeah, know, where you're yeah. doing the crack or whatever, and you're just doing it to, but it's like a sadness almost. like a, Yeah, it's trying to fill numbing. a need that's not there, is not being fulfilled, and using a substance or shopping or food to fill that need. Mm -hmm. And we, we've all done it to some extent. But Thomas, the attitude of Thomas simply creates that addiction, that need to have that external pleasurable event fulfill my life instead of finding it from within myself. So Thomas is, leads to addiction. 
Rajas leads also to addiction, but in a different way, right? It's more of an abuse, uh, kind of a, an overindulgence, actively indulging in something. Mm. Too much shopping, too much food, too much wine, too much of everything, because you feel like more is better. It's kind of like the episodes of White Lotus, where they're just a, a, like everything's so pleasurable in the senses, and that it's uh, insatiable. You know, there's not enough. Yeah, and, and then the best one, of course, is sattva. Mm. The sattvic mind is pure. It has a crystal clear understanding that this pleasure is temporal. It mm. is temporary and uh, not lasting it's like in the moment you're enjoying it in the moment without grasping onto it that's right or like holding on like it's going to go away you know it's going to go away so you're interested like a sunset you know it's going to go away we don't grasp at the sunset we, we just just sit there in awe with its beauty and we watch it unfold we watch it drop below the the horizon and we just we don't fight it it's just, it's like it's an acceptance almost of that temporariness and so that's how the sophic mind would um, experience pleasure. Yeah. It's an acceptance of its impermanent nature. Mm. And therefore, it's a healthy way of experiencing the pleasure of life in all its forms that we talked about. And, the, and it can be cultivated, and it actually needs to be cultivated. This attitude is not natural in us. It's there already, but it's there in seed form. So the sadbik mind has to be cultivated. Why do you see uh, these traditions of the Kama Sutra, of uh, the Yoga Sutras, of cultivating the mind in this particular way? Because it needs to be cultivated. It needs to be disciplined. It needs to be uh, learned and then practiced. Mm. So it's a practice of enjoying our life in the larger context of Dharma, Artha, and Kama. So a lot of times we feel like we have to escape life to be spiritual, that we have to leave behind all the the pleasures of the world, the money and the, mm. and the, and the sense pleasures. And we have to, you know, basically not suffer but just not get attached and that's the monastic life as you talked about earlier and so it's harder actually for us as householders as average people in in the world because we have we are interacting with these things that can be Mm -hmm. uh, lead us to attachment can lead us to uh, getting lost Uh, we're in the monastic culture it's just taken away you just don't have to fight with it here we have to like how to learn to live with it and how do we live with it as well as enjoy it while creating a spiritual uh exploration growth in ourselves yeah so that's right and uh and then at the mystical level there's this idea right that uh because we ultimately the essence of you your mm-hmm. your consciousness your pure awareness is the self uh, then what that means is that the self wants to enjoy the world. Why, why are we here? Mm. We're here to enjoy the world. But we have to be conscious of the deeper meaning of it. If we simply isolate it and we think, well, the meaning of life is simply to have as much pleasure as, as you can, right? Uh, as much as you can get away with before you die. 
that's a very poor and limited perspective on your life. And, and of course, people fall into that misperception continuously because the senses present this beautiful world to us and it appears like that's all there is. If we don't dig deeper, if we don't do that self-inquiry that Jung talks about, that looking inward, then we fall into this type of dream where we think that the more I enjoy life, the better I'm at or the better I'm doing. The better my Instagram looks <laughs> and all of the shiny things that happen in my life that define me. Yes, and it's a that's a trap. It's mm-hmm. a, simply a sensual trap. It traps us into limiting our lives, living a very narrow focus on life where we think it's out there. Are you looking for a satisfying career as a life coach? If you are seeking a deeper path of training and growth, Creative Mind University offers an ICF-accredited life coach training program that goes beyond surface positive thinking and into a powerful process of real transformation. You can start your new career as a certified life coach trained in a unique methodology based on Jungian theory, Eastern spirituality, and social neuroscience. Get the tools to become your true self, change your life, and the lives of others. Visit creativemindlife.com, click on apply, and speak with one of our team members today to discuss your future and possibilities of becoming a certified life coach. That's creativemindlife.com. So what happens when we deny ourselves from all the pleasure and of the senses? Yeah, we so are actually like feel uh, buying into this idea that I, I need to let go of pleasure in my life. It's wrong or yes, ungodly. Or, right. So either extreme is, is wrong, mm-hmm. right? If we go into sensuality and we think, you know, that's the best I can do is just experience as much, as much pleasure as I can in life. Uh, that's wrong. But if we say the the only way I can be spiritual is by negating my senses. And I'm going to punish myself and restrict myself as much as possible. And that makes me a spiritual person somehow. That's also wrong. That's mm-hmm. not that's not spirituality. That's just self-abuse. Mm-hmm. It has to be tied to higher knowledge. Mm-hmm. The Dharma. Mm-hmm. Your, dar- your Dharma. How are you doing? How are you expressing your Dharma? your sacred purpose. When it's tied to that, then you're on the right path. Then whatever your dharma is, if it's rejecting the world or renouncing the world, so be it. That's going to be your path and you're going to live as a monastic and meditate and and live in isolation. If that is your calling and your true calling, it's going to make you happy and it's going to lead you to liberation. On the other hand, if your purpose is to be in the world and do your work in the world and that's your dharma then you can enjoy the world you can enjoy good food good wine good company and and still uphold your end of the bargain which is to do your dharma mm-hmm. and so how does dharma artha and kama fit together yeah so now we start to see the the full picture right that we're living a life of purpose 
that not only gives us enough to live on, it actually gives us success, meaning it gives us more than what we need mm -hmm. so that we can help others. Our cup overflows, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just enough. It's, it's not just survival. It is abundance. It's like more than enough so you could share. There's more for others, more for myself, more for others. That's right. Because it's, it's a mystical principle that's explained as the more you become aware, become conscious that you are the self, that you are that pure awareness, you're acting as that pure awareness, as the higher self in the world. And the self takes care of itself. It doesn't lack anything. I always feel that when I had struggles in all the years we've been in business and there's been ups and downs to the roller coaster being an entrepreneur and some of the downtimes where I was doubting, like, are we going to make it and can we make this? And um, I just always remembered the self takes care of itself and trusting in that on some deep level mm -hmm. that there's a power greater than me that's helping me, supporting us. Uh, you know, that I can't take credit for the success I already created and, and, and trusting in that and um, never fails. It, it, your, all your fear goes away uh, and you're in this like pure state, like you talk about the sattvic state, you're in that pure awareness, that uh, place of understanding that of what we're really dealing with and not caught up in the world. And just what the senses are telling you, you can rise to higher perspective. And when you're in that higher perspective, that's when you can live your dharma that's when you can pursue wealth and not and and keep that equanimity between mm. lack and, and abundance when it flows or when it's stopping and uh that the ebb and flow of any business or any type of we all go through it with no matter what social status you're at materially uh there's always ups and downs in that and to be grasping on money like in some fixed way will make you unhappy but to be able to just flow with it uh and not see it as a, a like a your self um, kind of identity based on what mm. number or something on a is. need, yeah, 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 and that's the main principle is that these things serve us; mm -hmm. they serve our higher purpose, not the other way around. Mm -hmm. Whereas when we're attached to these things, that we see them as fulfilling some happiness in us or, or filling some unmet need in us, we're enslaved by them. We're enslaved. There's nothing wrong with the, the things themselves. Money and pleasure, they're not good or evil. They're simply parts of our existence. But if we approach them with that sense of need, I need this to make me happy, to fulfill me, I'm enslaved to those things. Whereas when I approach them as higher purpose, I'm dedicating these things to my higher purpose and they're helping me fulfill my higher purpose they serve us they serve me so how can pleasure serve a higher purpose it's so many ways yeah. because if you can be happy happiness is contagious it helps others be happy what a beautiful service just to be happy i met this woman once when i was first started out with the let love in getting my book published mm. and she, her book was about fun and she was just this fun person like that was her purpose to be fun and me be silly and i would she said she would wear like those weird uh, antennas in the airport and walk around and people would be like weird but then laughing at her and she's just like i'm doing my duty you know it's just like that non-attachment and it's that flow and that making spreading love and spreading joy what a wonderful way to pursue 
your life. If you are miserable and you're a Debbie Downer, as Rob sometimes calls me, <laughs> you know, that, uh, that kind of dark, miserable, complaining person without joy, how does that serve mm. the world? How does that serve the world for you to be unhappy? So find something that brings you pleasure and, and not feel guilty about it. it, it, it to say that this, this pleasurable moment is serving my soul. Um, I also think that when you look at a sunset and you're watching that sunset and, or the, any type of nature that's so beautiful, instead of thinking it's something separate from you, think that I created this beauty. <laughs> like I'm a part of this beauty. I'm a part, this pleasure that I'm experiencing is me experiencing me, that deeper place where we're connected to it all. And understanding that it's not outside of us, the pleasure is already within us and it's all around us. Yeah. Yeah. And so next time we're talking about liberation, nirvana, mm -hmm. enlightenment. So pack your bags. We're going to nirvana <laughs> next episode. Yes. So uh, thanks for watching. And now as you go through your day, consider this. Are you enjoying your life? But is that enjoyment serving you, serving your higher purpose? Or are you enslaving yourself to it? Or is it a temporary secession of pain that you're going back to and then you need to enjoy again? What if it's just the pure joy, that lasting, wonderful yeah. uh, depth within you? That's who you are. Yes, and it is part of our duty to mm -hmm. enjoy the world. Mm -hmm. It is. We're here to enjoy it, to see its beauty, uh, taste its, uh, its beautiful nectar, mm. and uh, have a great time. And so do something today that's pleasurable and just love it and own it as, and dedicate it to your higher purpose. All right. Well, we'll see you next time for the liberation episode. Hang on. It's going to be really good. Stay well. All right. Take care. Thank you for joining us. And don't forget to subscribe to Creative Mind Soul Sessions and join us next week as we explore another deep topic where you can consciously create your life with Creative Mind Soul Sessions. See you next time.